Welcome to StarCast, a show about tarot, divination, and all things mystical. StarCast is a celebration of StarCon, the Southeastern Tarot Artist and Readers Conference. I'm Amy Mauser, and here's your host, Christiana Gaudet. Thank you so much, Amy. Welcome, everyone, to StarCast, and let me extend a really happy, excited welcome to Tony Pula, my guest today. Hi, Tony. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me here. I am so excited to talk to you. Well, this is, full disclosure, our very first time actually talking face-to-face, words-to-words versus back and forth. (laughs) It is so nice to meet you. Of course, I I love being part of the World Divination Association, and we will ask you to share a little bit about that in just a few moments. But our first real interactions, I think, were when I boldly reached out to you and invited you to present at StarCon. Isn't that true? That was the first, I think, PM that we have ever had. Yes, Yes. And I, I was a little nervous. I mean, it's kind of audacious. Someone you don't really know. Just, hey, I admire your work. I'd like you to do this. And you were right on it and you accepted without hesitation. Oh, I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm just a little bit sad that it's going to be virtual. Yes. Uh, but we absolutely have to then make up for that next time. We will. And, you know, one thing we are promising people as we switch over to virtual for 2021 is it will be the most exciting, robust conference uh, that you can even imagine. And 2022, the dates are already set. So we do expect that I'll be picking you up at the airport. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) I think we all need that. (laughs) Yes, we will all need that. And, you know, the great thing, too, though, about setting up the technical infrastructure to do a robust virtual conference is it means that for 2022, we will be able to offer it hybrid. So people who it will still be able to be there. So in the long run, this allows us to reach a greater audience, which is absolutely. So I want to tell you the story, Tony, of how you got on my radar. Okay. I'm a little bit nervous, but okay. (laughs) No, it's all good. It's all good. You had presented at Reader Studio. Yes. And my friend, Mary Ellen Collins, who will also be presenting at StarCon, went to your workshop and she had your book and she had the Kipper cards. And we like to lunch. I mean, we haven't lunched since COVID, but we like to lunch. She lives pretty near me. So we were in a restaurant together. I can even tell you it was a Thai restaurant. We were eating delicious Thai food. And she's like, I have to show you this. This is the most amazing thing. Now, anyone who knows me knows I'm a hardcore tarot person. If it's Mm -hmm. not tarot, I'm not that excited about it. So I'm like, okay, we'll do this. And she pulled out your book. We pulled out the cards and we did the cards using your book as a reference. And it was amazing. I could not believe how accurate and on point it was. And so I became a devoted fan at that moment. (laughs) That's so nice. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't expect that. (laughs) Well, and when we started planning StarCon long before COVID, 
it is a tarot conference, but we really wanted to do a wide range of topics because we tarot people are interested in all kinds of divination and all kinds of spiritual topics. So I think it's also with the uh, with the other divination systems, because obviously I, uh, I I read others as well. But I, I think that they are a such a nice complement to the tarot. And I think the tarot community actually can profit in that respect from uh, a little bit of additional practicality in the mix. I so appreciate you saying that. And, and that really leads me into, you know, let's learn about you. What was your first personal divination system? How old oh. were you? And tell oh. me about your first reading. Oh, I don't even know. It's been in my family. I am, um, um, yes, it's gone through my mom's side of the family. And I can't even tell you the first time that I had a divination tool in my hands. It could have been a pendulum. It could have been a pack of playing cards. Um, actually, I, I can't decipher that far back. But I know when I started specifically developing for me, and that was in my 20s. And I remember my, my mom's always been a, a pusher in that direction. And I remember her buying me Tarot of a Moon Garden, uh, US Games. And I think that kick started me then again into major divination I was always dabbling along the way and seeing what I could divine out of anything that was possible but then my love of tarot reopened in me in my early 20s and it went from there really from uh with tarot Lunerman and then Kipper kicked in 15 years ago when I moved to Munich Wow. And so tell me, because, you know, here I am in, in the United States, where a lot of people are still like, what's Kipper? Is it a kind of fish? You know, they <laughs> don't know. So talk to us about what Kipper is and how is it like, does everyone do it in Germany? You know, what what's what's it like? Tell us. In uh, in Germany, not everybody does it. No, I think it came back with a vengeance when Chiro did the fantasy egg. It was always in the shops, the original Kipper deck. And I think it was only really old school readers that were Kipper carding and also kind of families because it's a, a situational deck, which means that we don't have any of the symbolism in there like tarot holds. There's no religious symbols. There's no other anything to go on. It just shows you a situation on a deck, uh, on a card. And each card has a different situation on it. And it's how the cards come together as a whole to show a narrative storyline and so the families here I live in Bavaria in Munich and it is super Catholic area but Kippa is one of the decks that is socially acceptable 
<laughs> so you pull a tarot out and you may have people falling on the floor, but you pull Kippa out and it's a soft situational, come on, we'll tell a story with the cards kind of approach. And there are families who sit down on a Friday night to read their week ahead, but not in what we call a uh, divination I guess in the in the larger scheme of things just to see what's what's on the radar for the week ahead uh, normal family stuff and I think that's what Kipper really excels at is showing those little daily things that we we do and it may not uh, rock anybody else's world but it rocks our own world, you know, that those little things that happen on a daily basis that uh, maybe you want a heads up about. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's great for that normal life. And I think sometimes with Tarot, we get a bit big in our uh, interpretations, a bit large or emotional or grand uh, sometimes. And Kipper really doesn't have that. There's no frills to it. It's just a, you will go and get your car MOT'd on Saturday. Or, you know, just the simple things. Or your kids are really going to do your head in for uh, the week ahead. You know, it's, it's the little things where you maybe in Tarot, you would have a broad, broader or wider view of it. But in uh, the Kipper, it really is those simple everyday things. Wow. So how does it compare, say, to Lenormand, which I, I also see as being maybe a little more. Absolutely. Well, my two, my two mate, oh, I've got three go-to decks and they are the Lenormand, the uh, Gypsy Cards and the Kipper deck. And the end result of a read would be technically the same. So you can you can broach the same subjects, you can approach the same situations. It's the manner in reading them to get to that end result that differs. And sometimes Lunerman suits people better with the uh, emblematic reading where you're, you're looking for a heart or you're, you know, you're looking for the key. Um, and sometimes if you are a super practical person, a situation will make more sense to you on a kipper deck or on a gypsy deck. So the gypsy deck, is that the, uh, comes in the orange box from US Games? That's the gypsy witch deck. Oh, okay. So uh, that has playing cards and similar to the Lunerman symbols. But the gypsy deck uh, that we standardly know as the gypsy deck is the Piatnik uh, Zigoina Varsaga Karten. And they are um, the, the unchanged since around 1920. They're a, a, a simple deck that's still being sold. Wow. So very interesting. So now I'm already thinking what I'm going to want you to present in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. But tell us for StarCon 2021 in January, I have asked you to present Kipper because of that tie launch I had with Mary Ellen. Mm -hmm. there, there would be no other possibility. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Ellen. <laughs> so can you share a little bit about what people might learn in their hour with you? 
In the hour with me, I'm pretty intense when I get into my love of Kipper cards. So I tend to infuse as much information as physically possible so that somebody can actually pick up a deck. And the simple requirements of reading with uh, Kipper cards can be presented in five to 10 minutes. So a reader can really start reading and really start finding out what those future predictions are with accuracy within five to 10 minutes just by uh, having a list of the card meanings and the basics that I teach. But then I tend to go a little bit further than that. The presentation I did for the Tarot Association of the British Isles uh, a couple of years ago, I went straight into the GT. So straight into a 36-card read. And I may do similar at StarCon because it actually presents the system, shows what you can do with it, and it starts people already identifying with the characters, the storylines that are in uh, a Kipper read, and so that people can start formulating those um, storylines. I, I always say, think of it as a movie board and how they plan each scene out. And, you know, that's your Kipper cards lined up. Each scene has a particular Kipper card. And uh, that's pro probably my route for Starcon. I love it. And I cannot wait. Now, I noticed when COVID hit, you know, and it's such an interesting thing. We were in different countries but dealing with the same thing, you know, maybe the government's handle it a little differently, whatever, but we're all dealing with this pandemic. And one of the things I noticed about you is that as soon as COVID hit, you put together a conference on Facebook and you had us gathering together. I mean, within weeks, you just threw that together um, I was suddenly a World Divination Association member, something I'm very happy about now. Thank you. And you just sort of made that happen. And so I would love to have you just speak about the WDA, what it is, how people can join, and sort of how you put together that strong COVID response that is still going on and still tying us together as a worldwide community. The World Divination Association, I set, uh, start, I think we started about six, seven years ago now, and it was a safe place for me. It was somewhere where I could hang out with people that I really get on with and just talk cards, talk divination, anything that comes up. It's, it's that uh, in the Kipper cards, there is a card called Convene, which uh, in German says, <laughs> and it means togetherness but it means almost like togetherness with people who are on the same wavelength and that was my motivation with the WDA having people of the same wavelength where I can post something and they can post something too and we're, we're all in the same boat somehow and then when COVID hit um, we went in Germany, we went into instant lockdown. So the first weeks in March, we were locked down fully. 
and we had the most beautiful weather. And I was in the garden, the most beautiful weather ever. And I practiced Ho'oponopono. And I believe strongly in the three selves that we have and that our inspiration comes through the superconscious and my, these sparks that we have come when we are at our most um, calm in the subconscious and conscious. So I was in the garden in a beautiful sunny day and I was just sat there and it just came. I need to do a conference. And I thought, okay. So my husband was there and I said, uh, I think I need to do a conference. <laughs> and obviously the first response, uh, you do know that we're locked down. I said, yes, but I think we need to do an online Facebook conference. And I then gave myself three weeks in which <laughs> the craziest idea I'd ever had but it was supposed to start as just a few speakers and by the end of the three-week run-up we had over 48 speakers worldwide so my little seed of an idea kind of morphed into this huge monster of a thing and it was more born on my need for community so you know, I, I miss everybody. I, I, I miss my fellow diviners. We might not see each other very often. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have got to read a studio this year. But um, I still very much miss everybody. And I think it was, it was more that um, for me that was motivating me forward to get everybody together. You know, you've said something a couple of times here that I just think is so interesting that the things you have done that really have built community and have served community seem to have come from this very organic place in your heart Absolutely. where you want it for you. And so we all want it. Well, yeah, the the well, the World Divination Association is my therapy, so. <laughs> and everybody comes along for the fun of it. And you know, I just love that, and and that resonates something within me, and I I think within any diviner who is listening, you know, I do this group called Tarot Circle, and and now yeah. of course we're all online, but. Global tarot circle. <laughs> right? Um, wherever I happen to be, we gather together in a restaurant or whatever to, you know, do exactly that, talk mm -hmm. about the arts, whatever. And I remember someone coming into a tarot circle meeting just, you know, in that, like, you could tell she'd had a day, right? Yeah. She was just all tired and draggy. And she looked at me and she said, you know, your tarot friends really are your best friends. <laughs> Because I can say to you all, I have had a tower day, and you all know what I mean. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> but we also, um, like Christmas time, and so, you know, there are certain times of the year where some people struggle. Uh, and I always try to be mindful that we all have different times of the year and which is difficult more so now with uh COVID so we we have a policy in the groups that if ever anybody's having one of those tower days post 
you know, and then uh, the community is there to back up. And that is such a beautiful thing. And so now I'm I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna just ruin all these good vibes we have here, right? Oh no. <laughs> because you know, when we talk about how important community is and how the community of diviners is supportive and fun and fun loving and, and funny in all the best ways, and and how we build these communities not just out of service, but because we long for it in our own mm-hmm. hearts. And yet, as with any community, we know that there can be difficulties and, you know, pretty much spin the wheel at any time. There can be a particular problem or particular kerfuffle that we're all sort of dealing with. How do you work to keep that vibe away from I've had community and a horrendous year of uh, attacks and all kinds of negativity thrown my way. Uh, I you I don't you were at the the conference before last, but we did have someone contacting all speakers to try and get them to stop speaking. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I. I have taken a lot in 2020. And the only thing that I try to do is personally, I, as I say, I, I practice Ho'oponopono, which is my version, not uh, what uh, people have probably learned online. But I try to come from a place where I don't need to respond. So my response is to focus on me, focus on our groups and make sure that everybody who is within our area is doing well and try and elevate everybody rather than uh, focusing on the negative parts. It is difficult. And a lot of us have taken a hit this year. And, um, but we just focus on the, like I say, you focus on the job in hand and that's us and our well-being and just keep going. Beautiful. And what else can you do? That is, that is the right thing. Mm -hmm. So tell us if someone wants to book a reading with you, if someone wants to buy your books, well, before we even get there, tell us what you have published. What 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 are you done for us here? I have the Kagi's Guide to Kippa. I have a Kippa deck. I have a Linderman deck. I have a Gypsy deck. Um, all of them have t- been taken offline, apart from the book, because of COVID and printers. But we will get back there. Um, but I also have, which I'm super excited about. I have a book coming out with Shifa. Um, the Rainbow Kipper with Stephen Bright. And he's done the illustrations, therefore. And I have written the book to it. And it's color-coded, so it's easy to pick out situations. <laughs> so I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about that. That's April. That's coming out in April. So exciting. And, you know, Stephen Bright has done the covers for two of my books and the book that is forthcoming. He's also doing the yes. that he is such a lovely man. So good to work with. 
And so I'm, I'm glad you've had that experience of working with him as well. And I cannot wait for that deck. That is wonderful. Very okay, exciting. Now, tell us, people want to join the WDA. People <laughs> want a reading with you. People want your book. People want your cards once they're available again. How do they do that? You can find me anywhere online at The Card Geek, but I am also worlddivinationassociation.com. You can navigate from that link to anything that I do all over social media. Yeah, at The Card Geek is the easiest possible way. You are The Card Geek. <laughs> That's wonderful. So... Since you are the card geek, I think you will enjoy participating in what's become a tradition here at StarCast. To end, we're going to focus on, yes, see, you know what's coming, you're getting your cards. We're going to focus on StarCon 2021, and we are each going to pull a card to offer some wisdom, some prediction, something, as we look forward to our gathering in January 2021 what do the cards have to say about it? We're each going to pull a card and then I'll let you decide whether you want to go first or second in the reading. Well, I've done mine already, okay. so I'm all excited. Do it, do it. <laughs> and with Kipper cards, we have, I, I pulled three because it's more of a language with the Kipper cards. We have all of us coming together in the most exciting journey. And we're not only having an exciting journey, but we are also gathering experience along the way. So it's going to be a whole heap of fun, but also knowledge gathering. Perfect. And that's exactly what we want it to be. <laughs> I pulled from tarot, I pulled the six of wands, which is the card of victory and mm -hmm. winning. And, you know, when we think about all the things we're going to win. I mean, right now, it's this big battle with pandemic. Yes. And the so winning is just being able to show up in the way we can. But then to have a really victorious experience where we do find a way to connect with each other and enjoy each other's company, where we do learn, where we do grow, and where we do build the community that is so precious to all of us. I can't wait. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Tony Pula, I thank you so much for being here, being with us, for being one of, I mean, we want StarCon to be an annual event for years and years and years, and we will all remember the first one. And I am so glad that you're in on the ground floor, part of our StarCon family. I am honored and proud. Thank you so much. Thank you. We will look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for joining us for StarCast. For more information about our annual conference, visit us online at StarCon.com. That's S-T-A-A-R-C-O-N.com. We are looking forward to seeing you in January.